Hey, real quick, I just wanted to let you know that Gabba Gabba Hunt is now a record store. Well, not really a store, but a booth at an antique store located in Eastridge Mall in Gastonia, North Carolina. Vintage Village is three stores down from Dillard's on the left. And my booth is on the left side of Vintage Village. It's the one with all the records. You can't miss it. I've got over a thousand records, toys, t-shirts, DVDs, VHS, all kinds of stuff there. So come check it out. Gabba Gabba Hunt Records and Vintage Goods located in Vintage Village at Eastridge Mall, Gastonia, North Carolina. This episode of Gabba Gabba Hunt Talks is brought to you by Hobo Wolfman Records. Da-na-na-na-na-na, Hobo Wolfman, da-na-na-na-na-na, records.com, da-na-na-na-na-na, Hobo Wolfman, da-na-na-na-na-na, records.com, da-na-na-na-na-na-na-na. Go buy all kinds of good music and crazy shit over at HoboWolfmanRecords.com, baby! You are now listening to the Gabba Gabba Hunt Talks Podcast, where we bring you conversations with people connected to the Carolina's underground music scene. Your host, Mike Phillips of Van Huskins. See, I usually start up when we first walk in, and the, all the little chatter that we have oh, leading yeah? up to everything is, is my lead-in. So oh, gotcha. This would be like the first time I just kind of start off with. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, well, first of all, how have you guys been doing? Good. Yeah. Glad, glad to be in a situation where I feel like we can start Playing gigs again, hopefully, yeah, yeah, by midsummer and feeling safe about it. And That's it. All of that, yeah, been itching like everybody else. Totally Me too. I, to I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about it, especially you know mm-hmm. having my vaccination and everything. We went out to Tommy's last week. Yeah, um, that was nice. It was really nice, but at the yeah. same time, it was kind of weird. <laughs> I, I think it's going to take some getting used to, like <laughs> right. being yeah. around people again and yeah. without a mask on. Right. For me, yeah. that I think that was the weirdest part. It was. Yeah. Not so much when I was talking to somebody that I knew was vaccinated, mm-hmm. but there were a couple of people that were still wearing masks because they weren't vaccinated. Yeah. And so, like, when I was talking to them, I wouldn't look at them. I was like, <laughs> you know, we're standing here, and I'm looking this way. And at one point, I just had to, I had to point out, I said, I'm sorry I'm not making eye contact while we're talking. I said, but I don't want to send my stuff that way. I'd rather send it this way. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, I still feel, like, kind of a little bit self-conscious about that, even around people that are vaccinated. Like, right now, I'm, I'm like... Yeah, I, I think it's just going to take a little bit of time before we get used to. Yeah, and that's fine. Right. I mean, you know, I, I'm prepared to keep wearing the mask indoors until. Oh yeah, yeah. Christmas. I don't I care. I have one right here on my hands. I mean, yeah. I got one in my pocket. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I left mine in the car, but I just bring I just bring it everywhere I go. Yeah. I just wear it like a wear it like a yeah. bracelet. It was never a big deal to me. It seemed to make sense. I'm yeah, like, I mean, okay, it's, it's, I'll it's, wear it as seen, long as I need to. Yeah. It's like such a little thing to do to make sure that. To do our part, for, yeah, what, for it. whatever it's worth, at the end of the day, yeah. even if for some reason it was all thick, yeah. it was all hoops. It's still what, a what nice did it, gesture. What did it hurt me to wear that piece of cloth on my face for a year or whatever? Yeah. If it's if it saves you, it's worth it to me. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's, and, and for me, it was always about my parents. Yeah. You know, I want to yeah. protect them. Yeah, yeah. I no, that's where we've been too. too. It was, it was like my parents. That was, that's that's the reason I did everything I did. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you know, my boys live. You know, half the time they're with their mom and their grandmother. It's like, yeah, you know, there's no reason to be exposing you guys because your grandmother's the last person I want to see get sick. Yeah. You right. know? And my parents, too. You know, they're a little bit younger and a little bit better health. But still, there's no need for that. So, yeah, really excited that uh, people are booking gigs again. And Have you guys yeah. booked anything yet? Uh, yeah. We've got we did, one thing actually, for... Yeah. Late August. We've got something from, yeah, mid-August. With uh, something went wrong. And yeah, two else is on that bill? Grievous. Cool. Grievous. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very cool. Yeah, they've been around. Yeah, we've played with 
both of them yeah. multiple times. Yeah. It's been yeah. cool shows and yeah. great guys, you know, mm. awesome music. Yeah. Is, yeah, it'll be fun. Seems always uh, the Bills pretty cool because it's somewhat different stylistically, but, yeah. you know, still yeah. kick ass with Brock show. Yeah. 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 Mm. I'm excited. We're, uh, we're yeah, playing with something wrong in July. Right. Them and Flight Risks and uh, King Thing is the other band that's playing. We oh, played right. with them one time a couple of years ago. Uh, they're they're younger. They're kind of a that's a funk inspired rock band. That's cool. cool. Yeah, I'll be there. And then I think we've got something booked tentatively at Tommy's in August. Yeah, with, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll try to be with, there too. Probably with uh, Sunday boxing. <laughs> I'll be going oh, to as many shows nice. as possible when it's <laughs> when it's you know back at, when they're back up and running. Yeah, I went out last Friday to that flight risks, and then I mm-hmm. wanted to go back out that Saturday to go see Saul uh, from Boohag. Mm-hmm. He played. But that's cool. It just ended up being like too much to do in one weekend. Yeah, <laughs> so I get I get a little bit um, overzealous sometimes when I'm thinking about the shows. I'm like, oh, I'll go to this on Friday and this on Saturday, and then I forget I live all the way out in Kings Mountain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's not too bad of a haul out here. We're about forty five minutes. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it depends on where you're going. Like for me, going to Milestone is great because it's about thirty minutes down the road. Yeah, from here to Milestone is about thirty minutes. Yeah, um, yeah. But if I go to like Tommy's or something, uh, yeah. Plaza Midwood, it's about forty five minutes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, I've been to Milestone forever. Yeah, I, was, I, I still love that place. It's home. It's home. I'm trying to think of the last yeah. show I saw out there, Melvin's. Oh wow! That, oh, that was, was like two thousand. That was ages. That was, <laughs> that was a long time ago. Oh no, I've been there since then. Okay, I take that back. I've seen some <laughs> local bands since then. I did see that Melvin show, though. That was a good show. That was ridiculous. So loud. Yeah. I wonderful. saw Torch there. It's wonderful. Last, not last year, I guess it would have been 2019. I thought that the whole freaking building was going to fall in. <laughs> <laughs> it was very, it was very cool. <laughs> well, I guess I'll go ahead and do my introduction. I'm talking to Storm Watchers, and we were talking about playing shows. You guys, you've, you've played some acoustic stuff mm. in, in recently. So how, how was that? I mean, I, I know I saw you guys at Tommy's. Yeah. But you did some other stuff as well in some different places. How, yeah. how did that work? I mean, was, did you feel comfortable doing that? Was it yeah. always kind of like... I've always played an acoustic guitar. So, yeah. Um, and a lot of stuff that we've written starts out, you know, on an acoustic, and then we sort of adapt it to electric. So it was, you know, we just kind of slightly changed arrangement yeah. just a little bit, your know, strumming mm-hmm. patterns and that kind of stuff um, to do... It's, an acoustic set to do basically our Storm Watcher songs acoustically. Yeah, your songs sound really good acoustically. Thanks, I, 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 I appreciate that. Um, yeah, but and, and how like how were the crowds and everything like when, when you played those? I mean, was was it always was it always kind of awkward or you know in, in the time of COVID playing right. shows a little bit you know before everybody else got to play shows? Yeah, well, they were I really outside. think so because yeah, yeah, we were always outside. Yeah, and, yeah that's um, you know most of the people that were there were people that we knew. You know mm-hmm. and. and yeah, it's kind of the same same kind of crowd, but right. I had fun with it. I mean, definitely it's, smaller crowds, but and of course, I want to get back to the loudness. I mean, yeah, yeah. but <laughs> but it, it it is cool that our songs do tend to to uh, lend itself to to kind of whatever. Yeah, and to me, that's you know not trying to toot our own horn, but I think this about every band. I think that's a, a testament to good songwriting. If it sounds a good acoustic, mm-hmm. it's a good song. You yeah. know what I mean? And it just so happens that Celeste and I both. Kind of when we're hanging out by ourselves or whatever, we'll we write a lot of acoustic songs. We have a, yeah. a long kind of history of mm-hmm. just coming up with melodies and yeah, you know, she's got a totally kick-ass voice and she writes cool lyrics and stuff like that. So sometimes we'll collaborate, and then and some of the songs that we play um, that we have played in the acoustic sets recently, 
are just like solo songs, yeah. like songs that mm-hmm. she's written or a song that I've written. Or, yeah. You know, we just kind of throw them in there because they seem to blend with what we do as a band as well. So mm-hmm. yeah. it works out pretty good. Yeah, it's been it's been a, a, a fun way to adapt to the situation. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And to scratch the itch, just to get out. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. I, 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 totally. And so it's like last year we got to do that uh, live stream at the milestone. You know, mm-hmm. that was that was nice. It was different. It was a little bit weird, but it was nice. It was like, okay, we'll do this again sometime. And then we didn't do it again. because <laughs> like, I didn't really want to do it from our practice space. I saw a lot of bands do that, and it just didn't sound that good. Yeah, it just seemed like you were watching them practice. Right. Um, but yeah. you know, it was it, trying to set something else up like that was just I, I just didn't bother doing it. I had way too much going on last year. It's just with this. So, yeah. But yeah, you were talking about like smaller crowds. I think as much as we all want to think that all people will be coming out to see live music in droves after this is over, I think we're going to have to deal with small crowds for a little bit longer too. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think yeah. people are going to be kind of slower to, to get yeah. back out. Because um, right. I honestly expected more people last Friday at Tommy's. Right. And it was a nice crowd. Oh, and I got to see pretty bad. much everybody I wanted to, not everybody expected to. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but it, it was limited capacity, though, right? Jimmy made that yeah, pretty well. Yeah, he made yeah. that point very well made, off. and I think that yeah. as well, like, kind of kept some people. Yeah, you know, they were like, "Well, I don't know. I didn't know him that well. I don't show up." Right. That was kind of where I was at with it. I was like, "Man, I don't want to take someone else's spot that really, you know, wanted to be." You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but if you know more people had shown up, I guess we'd have just kind of cycled in and out. Yeah. As as, mm-hmm. as we've done before over there. Yeah. Um, it was nice that, that the crowd size was maintained. It was, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad nice. that whole thing has been pretty successful for them mm-hmm. every weekend. You know, yeah. I mean, we yeah. love Tommy's. They've been super cool to us since we started. I was yeah. talking to Jamie that night, and he was telling me because we were—I was talking to him about booking that show. And he's like, "Yeah, man, bands just really aren't booking with me right now. I don't know if they don't know if I'm booking or if they don't want to play here or what." He's like, but "I'll tell you what, I'm making just as much money, or sometimes better, just by being a neighborhood bar on the weekends." Yeah. He said, yeah. so if people don't come out, I'll still do okay. You know, if, right. if people don't want to play shows. Yeah. You know, it kind of hinted that he might do better. You know, right. you know we, the, we all run his locals off or his regulars off. <laughs> but <Right. laughs> he loves live music, so he wants to keep doing it.
let's back up for a little bit because I always kind of like to start off with, with talking about how everybody got into music as a kid. Yeah. And when I say that, I always kind of say the thing about music that grabbed you and made you want to be more a part of it, not necessarily the thing that made you start playing music. Mm-hmm. And we can start with whoever. Um, and I haven't said your name yet, so as you do, say who you are and, and what you do in the band. Sure. So you want to start with that? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so I'm Matt. I play bass and uh, sing a couple tunes for Storm Watchers and for me I, you know it's funny enough honestly if i'm going to be completely honest my first memories of really loving loving music was was classical you know? okay. and um just at a very young age and that actually translated to nes music mm-hmm. to video game music okay yeah you know which yeah. is now known as what chip tunes yeah. or whatnot right. you people, know but at the time when i was really young it was like at Christmas, you know, I just beg for a small Casio keyboard and a mm-hmm. tape recorder, and I'd sit next to the TV and record tunes from like Castlevania and Ninja Gaiden and things like that. Yeah. And they oddly struck me, like emotionally, you know. So once I kind of started to understand that, then it just kind of evolved from there. My mom used to play. There used to be a radio station here, Magic Oldies ninety six, oh, yeah. back in the day, and she would play it all day long. You know, so I got a lot of exposure to that kind of music and looking back it was a pretty that was a pretty varied station you know you would hear ccr and then you would hear Motown, and then yeah. you would hear you know the ventures and 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 so that's really what got me started on just having an like kind of picking out what certain instruments are doing and and making me want to like i want to do that you know what i mean yeah. um, not necessarily i want to play but just i want to be able to do something that causes emotion right yeah well, then after that, it was I, my first album that I had, mm-hmm. and I'm going to say acquired, um, was Black Sabbath Live at Last. I was okay. like 10. Yeah. And that that's what really just kind of clicked everything for me, because it was like, wow, okay, this is like the emotion that I actually, I'm really resonating with, yeah. you know? And there's a lot of reasons for that, you know, psychologically and this and that. But that was really, I think, the first time that it clicked with me. Well, wow, okay, this is what music can be. You know, it can be emotional and grooving and heavy all at the same time. Because prior to that, I didn't really, there wasn't a whole lot heavy on, like, Magic Oldies 96 yeah. and you know, <laughs> things like that. But my dad was always into music. He was a drummer in a cover band for a long time. They did a lot of CCR so he'd always throw on vinyls of, of various bands, and I would always look through them and then pull out like Molly Hatchet and get disappointed because I thought it was going to be super heavy. It was his killer artwork. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. You know, I love Queen, but it was the same thing with uh, some of their album covers as well. I, right. I, I just I didn't expect it to be what it was. Yeah. So really, for me, I mean, if I had to point at one band, yeah, it would have been Sabbath, and yeah. it would have been that particular totally. album. And I still love that album. Yeah, I've got a copy of that. It's raw, and honestly, I kind of like Iomi better live because yeah. you know, on their, especially on their earlier albums, they did a lot. He did a lot of that lead layering. Mm-hmm. I mean, where you have like That's two right. or three leads going at the same time, mm-hmm. yeah. and he's to me such a good guitarist. Like, Man, just got, just just have that one track. You know, I just want to hear you clean you know what i mean um so that's why i still really love that album to this day it just kind of has a rawness and ozzy's voice sounded really good on yeah. it even though he forgot some of the lyrics <laughs> but it's you know so that started, that album will that always uh, stay with me <laughs> and then from there yeah it just led to um primarily getting into metal yeah. and and that's just really stuck with me and that was kind of my next question was like when you get into the heavier music and the kind of stuff you play now but like you said you you acquired that album 
And I always kind of have to say that too, because like my first rock and roll album was Kiss Double Platinum. Mm. And it wasn't, I didn't buy it. My cousin gave it to me because I listened to it at his house and I loved it. For some reason, he didn't like it. He said, well, you can take that home with you. It's, that's what happened with me, but it was my dad. Yeah. You know, my dad was the kind of guy that always bought like compilation albums, you mm. know, from bands that he likes. And he bought that one and yeah, he just didn't dig it. Yeah. You know, and I was just kind of like, well, I think this is going <laughs> to stay in my room then with my little, well, little boombox CD player. And I just, that album was on all the time. Yeah. You know? All the time. Also. <laughs> There's a lot of kiss in my house too with that at, at an early age. I'm a, I'm a child of the 70s. I'm Tom, by the way, and uh, I play drums yep. in this lovely band. For me, I, I, I was lucky enough to grow up in a, in a household before my parents split when I was really young. My dad was totally into Motown. Mm-hmm. I remember there being Motown Records and Steve Miller, Fly Like an Eagle, Hearts Dreamboat Annie, and Jethro Tull Aqualung yes, were like awesome. the three records that I remember listening to earliest as a kid, like at six, seven years old. Later, uh, my stepdad was a total audiophile, like had a collection like yours that was expansive, and it was everything from, you know, Zeppelin and Stones records to The Grateful Dead to Jeff Beck and Al Miola and Weather Report and everything he was actually the one that really like threw me down the rabbit hole of the expansiveness you know he turned me on to some of my most favorite bands you know at their age you know the pretenders i still have a big crush on chrissy hine i've had one since 1979 um but love the pretenders and you know and so my stepdad was real integral uh part of just kind of feeding that vibe um, but the first band I ever really obsessed on was Kiss. You know, I had the first 13 albums. I think the last record I bought was Unmasked. Yeah. And then by then I was starting to really branch off into other stuff. But, you know, beyond that, it was Queen and David Bowie. You know, I'm, I'm still in that Bowie is God school of thought. Oh, yeah. Um, and then as I got older, you know, R.E.M. I'm, I'm a, I'm a pop whore. I love a good, I love a good hook. You yeah, know, it's yeah. like, it's my favorite kind Nothing of thing to that. listen to. Yeah. Um, and it's my favorite kind of music to play. You know, this band is one of the first heavy bands. Well, it's only the second band that I've played in that plays this kind of heavier mm-hmm. kind of stuff. I've always loved that kind of music to listen to and been a big fan. I've seen a ton of great heavy bands, but I guess never had enough confidence in my own chops to, feel yeah. like I could hang on to that kind of vibe and I started out playing you know in hippie bands back in the okay. in the early 90s you know I was in a wavy train as a very okay well they're, yeah. they're still playing they're all original now but I was their first drummer way back in the day when all they did were play Grateful Dead and Fish Cup yeah, yeah. after that I didn't play for a while but we'll, we'll get up to all that in a minute well, that's, that's probably the next part of it. yeah <laughs> so I just want to stop you before you get ahead of me but uh <laughs> where we talk about the bands that you played in and stuff but so so it was like uh, your dad's my dad's on, record collection, and he actually uh, was running sound for. I was living in the Northwoods of Minnesota mm-hmm. uh, in my late elementary school years. I was like ten, eleven years old, and he had picked up a gig running sound for a local cover band yeah. that a family friend of ours played bass in. They were storing their PA in our barn, mm-hmm. so I have access to, and they lived right down the road. They were about yeah. a mile down the road. Chuck, the bass player, it was his PA, showed me how to turn everything on, and we plugged up the big, huge stacks and horns, and I was able to RCA chord a 
tape deck or a turntable into the back of the soundboard, <laughs> and I had a bullshit kit of drums that you know my mom bought from the local school for 150 bucks and yeah. so i used to sit up there and crank up music as loud as i could stand and try and play Still along with it yeah. um but how old were you when you started playing oh that? man i was 10 or 11 okay and then uh as soon as they started offering music classes and, and music as an option in school i took it played in the jazz band and the orchestra i mean i started out playing trombone mm -hmm. and clarinet and all of that but by the time i was hitting sixth seventh grade i knew that i wanted to play drums yeah and my parents made me take piano lessons for six seven years so i got a good bass in theory oh, yeah. i never had the natural coordination and chops to be a really good player but i can i can still read music to this day and yeah. i can't you know i can look at a piece of music and not be afraid um which is good i'm glad i had that training and as i, 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 got, wish I would have. as i got older with that teacher she was you know hardcore classical training everything that i had to play was all classical and i was starting to get into pop music and rock music and i was buying sheet music mm -hmm. and begging her to like let me use my sheet music that i just bought as part of my lesson plan yeah and we butted heads for about six to eight months and she just wouldn't budge hmm. and i love her to death to this day mrs olson she was fantastic <laughs> she was an awesome lady and a great teacher but she would not budge off of her classical wow. training and then i was just like you know what screw this i want to go play drums instead yeah it seems like that yeah. would be a good way to, to keep someone interested like, yes. yeah, let's, yeah, let me let you let, let me yeah. teach you how to play one of your songs, and then yeah. let's get For back sure. to this stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm and I'm showing up with like you know Melissa Manchester and uh, you know Howard Jones and all this early '80s crap, <laughs> <laughs> and she was not about it. She was like, nope, 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 nope. You yeah, gotta stick to your bad. lesson plan, and you know, yeah. force-fed me music theory. That was always half of the yeah half of the lesson plan. So that I really like had an appreciation for the ins and outs of music and whatnot and classical and jazz and all of that um, but when it came to playing i knew i wanted to play pop and rock i just knew that yeah. and it was actually getting to see that cover band play a couple of times i remember being about 12 mm -hmm. and the band was playing at the at the same club bar up in park rapids minnesota that my mom was a was a waitress at and so i got to go to that gig yeah and uh, i begged their drummer this big tall six foot seven dude his nickname was lurch and <laughs> uh and i'd been listening to black sabbath paranoid yeah for weeks on end and i was like chuck let me play that song at the end of the night please 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 and he let me play that song oh, and wow. it was the most amazing thing ever i was 12 playing yeah. paranoid with like oh, people awesome. that knew what the hell they were doing and that was it i was just like okay Heck this yeah. is going to have to be my new hobby now that's and that's threat. when i really got Black serious Sabbath about <laughs> playing in uh in the barn by yeah. myself i mean the first band i ever like the real first band i was playing keyboards the rest of the band showed up early for practice one day at the barn because we were practicing on the PA in my barn. Yeah. And I was up there just like wailing on my drum kit, waiting for those guys to show up. And they're like, why are you playing keyboards? Because the drummer we had at the time was, he wasn't very good. I mean, like holding time, you know, we were all like preteen, yeah. you know, maybe 14, but that was the first and you know that's just what i've wanted to do ever since so, what was the name of that yeah. band do you, do you remember it was <laughs> it was called joseph and it was okay. after the guy who sang yeah. and honestly we played like one talent show at the county fair yeah and we, i think we, i think we sang a go. cover of uh bet midler's the rose <laughs> and hotel california it's exactly what we did we did two songs and uh, it was called joseph and uh yeah but i mean i think those two 
songs we played at the county fair that year was the only gig that ever, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> ever happened. Yeah, that's how a lot of I talk to people when we talk about first bands. A lot of first bands are like that. We played the yeah. talent show and then that was it. I mean, the first band I was in, quote unquote, was just a band we put together for a talent show. And then the next year, me and my friends put together a band. And then we did the talent show and we kept going. But that first one was just like some guys, hey, you want to play this song? And I don't really know how to play it, but I'll, well, I'll show it to you. So, well, let's do it. <laughs> um, all right, so let's move on. Celeste, how, how did you get you know into music as a kid? Yeah, I'm Celeste, and I sing and play guitar. Um, I come from a musical family. My mom sings and plays piano, and she strums on a guitar. And my dad is, also sings and um, plays guitar, and is a songwriter. And, um, he taught me how to sing harmonies when I was about four years old. <laughs> and we were singing little songs like Going to the Chapel, yeah. and he'd just you know be picking on the guitar, and he would have me sing like the, you know, he'd sing the melody and he would teach me how to sing the harmonies. So I got into singing really young. And the music that um, they listened to was really psychedelic stuff. It was the 60s psychedelic music that they had been listening to when they were teenagers. Um, And so it was lots of things like the Moody Blues and... Mm -hmm. And Yes and Rush and, you know, kind of stuff along, well, Rush was more 70s, but still that sort of like psychedelic, very cerebral kind of stuff. But my dad also was really into Hendrix. They were both really into Fleetwood Mac, Zeppelin, but I didn't actually get introduced to those sort of heavier rock bands that were a little more stripped down like Hendrix and Zeppelin and stuff until I was probably 13 or 14. Yeah. I guess it was sort of phases that they were going through. And since I was their kid, I was also going through them as well. You know, music, musical phases that lots of people go through. But as soon as I was able to, you know, sign up for chorus and band when I was uh, in elementary and middle school, I played clarinet, took piano lessons, sang in the chorus. And then uh, when I was about 13 or 14, I took, I think I was 13, I took, I took some guitar lessons. Okay. And then eventually just kind of traded my clarinet and piano lessons for just guitar. Yeah. You know, so I was really into like, of course, you know, kid music, the stuff that was on the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, but one day <laughs> when I was at school, I happened upon a cassette on my way in from like a lunch break, you know, at school. And I picked it up and I didn't think much of it. But when I took it home and I, I played it. There was some Black Sabbath on that cassette. <laughs> and there was a bunch of other metal, too. Um, and at the time, I was really into punk music. I had been exposed to punk music from my good friend's older brother. I mean, so I was really into the Dead Kennedys and Black Flag and yeah. um, just, you know, really you know, sort of the, the big the big names in, in uh, like, mostly American punk. But I also really liked The Clash and, and still do love all those bands. Um, but when I heard that Sabbath tune, <laughs> I think it was Children of the Grave. I don't still have that cassette. I don't think I still have that cassette. I do still have a ton of cassettes. <laughs> I, me too. I yeah. forgot my, the box out with cassette I stole from Walden Books when I was a teenager. <laughs> but I was just like, I heard, I heard the song and I was like, oh, where have you been all my life? You know, like it was, um, this is what I've been looking for. You know, it really, really struck a chord in me. And um, so, yeah, you know, that's sort of my early musical ins yeah. and outs, psychedelic stuff, classic rock, punk music. Metal, you know, I kind of like it all. So you went from punk and then to metal. And that was kind of the opposite for most people. They, they find metal first and then metal turns them on to punk. Right. <laughs> I guess it just depends on where, where the influences come from or yeah. who, who turned you on to it. That's, yeah. that's pretty much yeah. how it was for me. Like, um, yeah. I mean, I knew nothing, but I still don't know much about punk. My girl knows a lot. <laughs> yeah. She was in the scene. She's yeah. from Tulsa. Big there. But, yeah. Uh, 
I'm just now being, you know, she's turning me on to all these different bands yeah. and, and that's actually really cool, you know? Yeah. Because I hear the story so often when I talk to people, it's like, oh yeah, I listen to Metallica and they were wearing a Misfit shirt. It's like, yeah, that's how I got into punk too. So right. it's opposite. It's weird when it's the other way around. I was listening to punk and then I found metal. Right. Really? <laughs> yeah. 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 It's just, it, I just happened to find that little cassette tape and was just like, whoa, this is amazing. And, um, well, Black Sabbath will do that to you. Yeah. So. Yeah. I went out and bought, uh, we sold our soul for rock and roll, like with my allowance money <laughs> the next, like the next week. <laughs> so when did you start playing in a band, you said you'd already picked up guitar and started yeah, training yeah. your guitar so meter, when piano. I was about and- seventeen. Um, I I was taking some courses at CPCC. I was taking sound sound audio audio uh, recording courses. Of course, back then it was all just you know nothing. None of it was digital yet. So of course it's all changed <laughs> since then. But I was taking this course as an elective, and so I formed a band just to do a recording. Yeah. Um, with a friend of mine named Zate. Um, and a dude named Joel Mullis. Okay, yeah. And uh, a, a dude named Chris, uh, Chris Hart. And uh, we did like two songs, and then we didn't really continue from there, but that was really the first, and I wrote a song, it was a thrash song. Um, there was no vocals, but it was really, it was really fun, and so yeah. I just kind of like got bit by the band bug. You don't happen to still have that song. I think somewhere. I have it. It's a reel-to-reel. Oh, okay, I have, yeah. I have you, it somewhere. You have a hard time like, Getting yeah. it digitized pretty quickly. I might, yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> I, awesome. I still if, remember if the song, though. I could still play that song, though. <laughs> that was, like, the first thrash song I ever wrote. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, I, I, I played in some bands uh, after that as well, obviously, um, in the in the uh, mid-'90s and 2000s. But they, did, they didn't really go very far, you know. It was always kind of a rotating it was mostly just kind of like playing in our basement. I think we did, a, we did a few shows, but nothing, yeah. nothing real, you know, it was just kind of like having fun, you yeah. know. Did you even come up with a name for that, the band that you put together for the, the project at school? Yeah, we called ourselves Ugly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think I came up with the name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's, that was my 17-year-old brain, right? Um, coming up with this uh, ironic band name. Uh, you know, because we were all, we were all amazingly good looking because we were all 17, right? Yeah. So, you know, of course. But, um, <laughs> so I was like, let's just call ourselves ugly and get it over with. And then I stopped playing for a while. I went back to school for so music. The, 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 you said the other bands you kind of just played mostly around maybe one or two shows. Did it? Yeah. Did any of those bands, would you consider them serious bands or just? No. Okay. Uh-uh. Yeah. No, not really. Um, we never really like nailed down any real band names. Um, we had some pretty great players that played in those bands, but, um, you know, they were, it was all kind of, always kind of short lived and just never, we never really had the, the desire really to, to turn, to turn it into anything, yeah, yeah. you know, other than just kind of, you know, jamming out in the basement. You know, there were some personality differences too that I'm sure kind of created some of, cut some of that, you know, but we didn't have very much drive, I think, <laughs> for that reason. Um, but uh, I stopped for a while and busied myself with college, and then I opened up a business. However, I, I really felt like I needed to get back to playing music. Um, Did you still play, like, for a hobby during this time? Or just... Yeah, yeah, but not not nearly as much as I should, yeah. just because, you know, when you, when you work for yourself, you work all the time, you know? Um, and then one of my old drummers from, you know, one of those just sort of bands that I was in, um, 
he contacted me, he lives up in Statesville, and he was like, Celeste, you know, come come jam. I was like, man, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I want to, you know. He's like, please, please, please come jam with us, you know. So I went, and I was like, maybe I'll just come up once just to see what it's like. I highly doubt it's going to be with all that, you know. Um, but I, <laughs> I was like, maybe I'll come up twice a month, and I ended up going up twice a week, <laughs> you know. So I was rebitten by the band bug. And Matt joined up with us in that band as well. That was Arms of Venus. Yeah. to Charlotte one night and I was like I think I realized you know if you're a creative person you have to create to be happy mm -hmm. in oh, life yeah. you know mm -hmm. if you can't suppress that in yourself you know so I'll I'll, I'll never turn back now yeah. Yeah. I, I, I learned that that's there was a period of time where I wasn't playing music yeah and I realized during that time I was not happy at all yeah and it that's wasn't it. until like Eric called me up and said, are you ready to play music again? I'm like, yes, I am. Right. <laughs> then I realized how much it really was a part of me. And, yeah. And, that and how was, much you miss it. It was something that I, I couldn't believe I, I put down for so long. Right. It was just, it, yeah, I couldn't at the time. You know, it became an issue. Yeah. So it was just, yeah. we, we did, I just didn't do it. I, I guess we can kind of stop with Arms of Venus there for a second. Okay. Because we haven't talked about 
Matt, like when you first started playing? Um, I mean, there's not a whole lot to it. Um, again, my dad was, um, he was a drummer. He, he always wanted to be able to play guitar. Yeah. So he would randomly get guitars. And one year, I think he got an old, he got a, it was his first electric guitar. He got a Harmony for Christmas. This is back in late eighties. It's kind of shaped like an SG sort of, it's like sort of like an SG copy. Yeah. Uh, he didn't mess with it much. And I just, uh, one day was like, Hey man, can I play it? And that just led me kind of messing with it more and more. The strings were like five inches off the freaking neck. And I mean, it was a pain in the ass, right? But I think that actually kind of helped me a little bit. So anyway, I would noodle around on it. And at the time, I was in the skate scene. I used to skateboard quite yeah. a lot. And this is not at the beginning of new school. I don't want to say at the very beginning, but it was sort of still, this is early 90s. It was in that new school period. You'd meet lots of different people. And pretty much all of them were into music. That scene pretty much consisted of, metal guys or like hip-hop guys that was pretty much at the time but i met a lot of musicians just guys we'd go to freedom park skate a little bit hang out on hippie hill and some dude would pull out a guitar and just Mm -hmm. start jamming out a lot of that stuff with those guys was like the grunge kind of thing yeah but i mean it it, it kind of made me more interested so i talked to these guys i'm like yeah yeah man i I play guitar (laughs) even though i I didn't play shit you know (laughs) Um, but i played a guitar you're right right, you know i I mean then we were all street kids so it was like oh you have a guitar you know that that was enough right exactly so i started messing around with a a few i think the first band that i we wrote songs i think we were called torque Okay. You know, and this is before nice. the the twerk. Like there is a band yeah, called yeah, Torque. Yeah. We didn't know that at the time, you know. Um, so we wrote a few. I mean, they, you know, this dude he could play like a lot of Nirvana songs and stuff. So we were all sitting around, kind of impressed, you know. Messed around with that band for a little bit, but really never did anything as far as shows and stuff. We just kind of it was just more of like a community skate thing, you know. When yeah. we were when we were done skating or we got kicked off of somewhere, which happened quite often, we'd hang out and play songs or whatever. Yeah. Um, first, I guess band band it wasn't the first show that i played but i'm just gonna say the first band and this was years later i was about 18 19 this is when i'd really gotten into metal my sister uh is just like a human library of metal music yes, and she is. got me into a lot of bands and at that time the un- i don't want to say use the term underground black metal was getting big yeah. you know it, it had come over here that was kind of our scene you know there was a, a band, so the band was called Benighted. They had a bassist. I guess he didn't work out. He recorded some stuff with them. Anyway, they needed a bassist to play a show. I didn't even play bass at the time. I started on guitar. Yeah. But I picked up the bass and I was like, all right, I'll give it a try. So I joined this band. We played for a little while. We played, usually, I don't think we played a show in Charlotte, though. They wouldn't have us, you know? <laughs> uh, but we played in Alabama. We played in Raleigh. We played Ground Zero. We played. You know, this kind of area yeah. or whatever. And that was really fun, man. Yeah, I mean, it really was. And the music wasn't, like, super technical at all. Um, it was really fun to play. But the thing that killed us was the theatrics, man. And I'm a theatrical person, so right. I kind of enjoyed it. But, man, we were all out. Like... <laughs> Quartz paint before every oh, yeah, show. Yeah. I mean, we're sitting in the van with our little <laughs> little compacts, you know, freaking taking two hours to quartz paint oh, ourselves. Yeah. Uh, it oh, got wow. to the point or our last show. And no, dude, we did it all. Like we were breathing fire and shit. That's awesome. But our last, <laughs> the last show we played, man, dude, we had brought, <laughs> we had lugged this huge upside down cross into the building, yeah. and, like set it up on stage and like threw blood all over. I mean, it was ridiculous. Like, it was, it it really was. Um, But it it was fun at the time. 
Yeah. But that really, you know, as far as, again, going back to the emotional side of it, because that particular band, I do think a lot of the songs had an emotional sense since then. Yeah. Um, and I like them. And that just always resonated with me. That always, that made me keep wanting to do it. But it sounds like that you and I may have been in similar circumstances that, yeah, it just got to a point where things started to be an issue. Yeah. You know, with just real life. Yeah, exactly. Right? So I stopped playing for a while. But I, d- I always had a guitar lying around. And I was just like, you know, I'm just going to kind of go back to like what I was doing as a kid. Just hit the tape recorder and I'll record a song for myself every once in a while. I don't care if anyone else hears it. You know? yeah. <laughs> and so that went on for years, you know, just marriage, raising kids and stuff like that and working a job. And then, yeah, I guess shortly after Celeste uh, started playing with Arms of Venus, I, I don't know how you found out it, that I played. I don't know who, because you just hit me up out of the blue. It was like, hey, you play, right? Or, yeah. And I was like, not Christina, really. Christina told oh, okay. me that you'd been a bass player in Benighted. Yeah. So I was like, so we knew that you didn't, that you weren't playing bass at the time, but I was like, you know, we need a bassist. Come jam with us. And I was the same way. I was like, nah, I don't know, man. I, know. You know, I don't <laughs> even know. You, like, you already knew each other before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We grew up together. We grew, we grew up in, in the same, same neighborhood. neighborhood. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, and, yeah, so it was just like, ah, I'm, I'm not really sure. Right. And then, uh, yeah, I just rode up there one day and just listened. I think I noodled around or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was. It was that, that same statement she made to you on the way back. Yeah. She was just like, man... You know, the deal is, you know, <laughs> you, it's like you have a hole in you, you yeah. know, and, and you got it and you just can't act like it's not there kind of thing. And mm-hmm. that just kind of clicked with me. And I was like, yeah. you know what? You're right. And yeah, no, ever since it's, it's, it's just like, all right, I'm just going to keep doing this. And luckily yeah. with Celeste and I playing together and just hanging out more and things like that, we learned that we have a very similar taste mm-hmm. in the kind of music that we want to create. And the mm-hmm. things that we care about, not only musically, but lyrically. Yeah. And, and, and there was just no ego involved. And that was something that I hadn't experienced Brand before. Brand new. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so to me, I was like, okay, this, this can be done right. It can mm-hmm. be done like through honest expression without yeah. all the bullshit. Totally. And, uh, yeah. So that's, no that's kind of how, you know, we played with Arms of Venus for a while and then mm-hmm. that, uh, Evolved in the stormwashers. I'm sure we'll get to that. Yeah, that yeah. and Arms of yeah. Venus was a really good band. I can't I believe dug, it. Yeah. I, I dug it. You guys yeah. recorded awesome. that stuff and never really released it. I know. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's so good. <laughs> but I'm glad I've got a hold of it. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We re-recorded it and then we kind of disbanded pretty shortly thereafter. So I guess that's why we didn't. Yeah, really a lot like of times focus that, that, that much on releasing. That it. happens a lot more often than people realize. Yeah. Um, usually, I mean, a lot of times it ends up getting released at some point or right. released, released. And we have considered releasing it anyway. Just, for, just still can. I mean, yeah. we still have all. Yeah, we still could. Yeah, and yeah. more actually.
I love that man. I mean, I um, Lee is a great, great guy, man. I mean, just really unique musician. Just killer on tone too. That's what that's one of the things I really loved playing with him. He just he's like a tone master. Right. I was gonna say I've known Shannon since Sapco, but I've known Lee since Sapco. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That was same deal. I've gotten. I've had to. All right, Lee, cover your ears if you're listening to this. I had to get used to that, yeah. you know, because we called him Shannon. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, but that was fun. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, I, yeah, that's what got both of us back into yeah playing music again. Yeah. yeah, and I guess that's during that time that I wasn't really playing music or in the scene because you know, I, like I said, I, I'm not Lee at Sapco, and I, when we got back to playing music, I was kind of wondering if he was still doing anything. And it was. It took me a little while to realize he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he was playing with Will St. Creek. Mm-hmm. And then when I kind of caught back up with him and found out about Arms of Venus. I'm like, damn, man, I didn't realize that you've been playing all this time, you know. Yeah, so. right. Yeah, we had some pretty... Yeah. Um, we practiced for about a year before we played our, our we first did. show. We did. We practiced forever. Yeah, we, we practiced for a solid year, and then we played at Snug Harbor for a Raddick Fest. Okay. And that, 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 was, was, that was a killer show. That's, show. that's yeah. one of those shows that it's Solidified. always going to stick with me. Yeah. There was a lot leading up to that, band-wise, personal-wise. There was a lot that mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. We weren't even sure that show was gonna happen, I know, and when it, and it did, and it was just one of those kind of everything just felt right that night. Yeah, you know, we had a pretty good crowd, and yeah, you know, great. of course, it was Radic Fest, and just it was just yeah. super cool. Like that, that that one's always gonna stick close to my heart. It was just a killer show. It was, yeah, it was great. Then you said you recorded, and you ended up disbanding. Just well, um, Sh- uh, Lee um, moved. He moved to Greensboro, that's which right. is a pretty yeah. far. You know, it's a, that's a pretty hall. That's that. a pretty big hall. Yeah. And, um, and, and our drummer from Statesville, he was no longer in the band. We had a drummer from Columbia at the time. Yeah. And so I, and who didn't have a driver's license. So I was driving an hour and a half oh, wow. to get him from Columbia, bring him up. He'd crash at my house and I'd take him back the next day. Yeah. And I was working like two jobs at the same time also. And it was just, you know, well, we have a guitar singer, up, guitar singer up here in Greensboro, a drummer down here in, um, in, uh, uh, Columbia. And, um, I think it just kind of got to the point where like nobody could really, you know, we couldn't all live close enough to each other, you know? Yeah. So I think that's really kind of what caused it. Um, At a certain point, it doesn't, doesn't matter how good the music is. If you're not getting paid to do it, right. you that know, was if, it. Yeah. if the situation just isn't working, it, <laughs> there, yeah. there was a lot of that kind of thing, you know? Um, and Zay, dude, I mean, he's a, he's a killer drummer. I don't, I don't yeah. know if you know him. He used to play, uh, I don't know if you remember Seducer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was, he was he their drummer. He was their drummer. Yeah. And uh, we've, we've been around him forever. Yeah, we've known him ages. forever. Yeah. So, and, he was, he was, yeah, he, he was he's, he's, the, he's the one actually on the recording. Yeah. Yeah. He and, is. Um, but yeah, we just had other people coming to Brian actually from War Wars helped us out yeah, on, he did. on one show. He yeah. He, played le- drums he learned for our songs in like a day. Yeah. He's, he's killer, man. He's one of those guys that can do anything. Yeah. He's this great guitarist. He gets behind the drum set and is just like, oh, he learned our songs in a day and came and played a show with us because yeah. Yeah. because uh, Zate, uh, he had to move to like Tennessee for a little while to help take care of his mom. So, you know, it was, you know, but that was, yes, yeah, so we, we've jammed with lots of drummers. We're really, really glad that we found Thomas. Yes, <laughs> he lives in Charlotte. He's really cool and he likes our music and we push him really, really hard. <laughs> we and do. he's an awesome drummer. <laughs> yes, you do. It's like he, he's been, he's been playing like, uh, 
kind of, you know, laid back sort of Tom Petty style poppy kind of pop rock with uh, Go-Go Pilot. So our, our stuff is definitely quite different than that. But yeah. so, uh, so you still he's play. He's really stepped up to like the plate. Like you said earlier, Go-Go, you were talking about Go-Go Pilot when you were yeah. talking about that. I'm so still, 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 still lucky enough to be playing with those guys. <laughs> yeah. um, Let's step back. So you said Wavy wavy Train? Is that a Wavy Green? And Charlotte? Wavy Train. Let me back up just a little bit further. I feel like it would just be a shame to not mention. The first real band, it was a cover band. It was college. We were playing for one gig. Uh, this is 1988, I think. And I was going to this uh, liberal arts school in Moorhead, Minnesota called Concordia College. And uh, they were doing a big Earth Day. And it was an all-day music festival. And a bunch of my friends, we like berated somebody enough to where they're like, okay, fine. Yeah. They started the whole afternoon a half an hour early to accommodate us <laughs> so we could come up and play you know a 30 40 minute set so we learned like 10 cover songs and we called ourselves the simperana chromanoi oh, wow. which was i believe it was latin for society of the unliving yeah and we thought that that was just like a that sounds pretty rad. three of us were taking latin at the time yeah. in the band and it was one of those we rehearsed for two long beer soaked nights and <laughs> you know learned some clash and zeppelin and neil young tunes and and opened up that that uh that particular event um but coming to charlotte wavy train was the first and uh i hung with them for about a year and just you know i got tired of playing grateful dead songs and oh, yeah. dealing with frat party crowds and having to travel and you know it just wasn't what i was feeling at that time and then I think the next serious project uh, was when I met Josh Daniel, who uh, New Familiars. Yeah. Um, he's been doing stuff online through the whole COVID thing. He's been crushing it. Like, he's yeah. nationally ranked and downloads and whatnot. But this was Josh's first band when he was like, I don't know, Josh must have been 18, maybe. I was the only one, like, old enough to buy beer. Yeah. Um, and it was Josh and myself and Flavio Mangioni. He's been playing with everybody in town for years. Dan Hood, uh, another outstanding guitar player. Even yeah. at, you know, age 19, he was crushing it. Um, and we lucked out. And uh, through a long story that I won't go into, uh, we won some studio time in a raffle and got connected oh. with Chris Gargas yeah. and Eddie Z when they were first opening the playroom when okay, it was, yeah. you know, above that fish market on yeah. Graham and 10th street back <laughs> in the day yeah. and we got to record 10 songs and uh and then after that i didn't do much of anything uh musically and uh and it wasn't until wasn't until like the early 2000s i left charlotte for a couple of years came back into town um and then met up with uh clifton castello great songwriter guitar player um he does all kinds of stuff here locally uh, nowadays too with uh jason atkins and a couple other folks okay. they got this uh new cover band thing that they're doing out there making money but cliff was just back from santa barbara had an ep that he'd already recorded the songs were fantastic and i got an opportunity to audition and they liked me and so i stayed yeah. um for about a year, year and a half, and then after that, uh, this guy named Glenn Gibson, who was playing bass, he was actually somebody I had worked with, he kind of got me into the Clifton gig, and then we ended up playing in a couple other bands together after that, he's the guy that uh, got me into Go-Go Pilot, they were looking for a new drummer, 
Um, they had just released an EP called Armageddon Lullabies, which I was in love with at the time. It's yeah. five songs, and I was wearing that thing out in my CD player all the time. And then, once again, got invited to try an audition, and uh, I knew the songs they wanted me to know already. And so I had a really good first take audition, and they haven't figured it out yet. Yeah. <laughs> Here it is 15 years later, and I'm still uh, lucky enough to play with those guys. Um, <laughs> Just long enough to smile Strange is how the situation got so out of hand Every time I read the book I hated myself This ain't the way it's supposed to be Don't be afraid to take your seat Judging by your sentence and expression Philadelphia should be your next destination I'm 2,000 miles from nowhere, I cannot get home Turn my back so long ago, I'm being alone It's so strange how this situation got so out of hand Sheila said she'd marry me if I wasn't a friend Yet I'm lost in Texas Sheriff saves the day And in the, in the meantime, I mean, back in the early 90s, I was more of a fan than I was a player. Like, you okay. know, from the early 90s, the 90s pretty much, you know, aside from the hippie band, I didn't play a lot of music. I was just out there going to shows all the time. Yeah. My circle of friends was the whole God's Water crowd. Oh, yeah. I um, you know, God's Water, Dragon Flowers, yeah. uh, Misplaced Aggression out of Greensboro. Uh, rest in peace, Scott Tucker. I heard he just passed away a few weeks back. Um, there was a bunch of great bands back then. Yeah. It was like a cool scene. You know, there was the blowout, Jeremiah's and Rockies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yeah. there was the Milestone and 1313 and all these great venues and pterodactyls would go play live music and see good yeah. shows. Yeah. And, uh, so I was more of a fan up until that point. And then, uh, when I came back to Charlotte, I got hooked up with Clifton and then eventually with Google Pilot. And, uh, got about 12 years ago, I was lucky enough to play in a band with, uh, Dave Rains, mm -hmm. who was part of Dragonflowers yeah. and mm -hmm. Dave and the Westchesters, uh, and Cora Jones, who played bass in God's Water back in the day, and Alex Mayhew, who has been mm -hmm. in a number of bands in town. And these were all like friends of mine growing up in my twenties, but I was always big fans of these guys. Yeah. And for whatever reason, they called me to come in and play this rock and roll, like for real rock and roll. Like, uh, they, we, we were very, uh, Early seventies, kind of Judas Priesty. Did you ever see the Red and the Black? The Red and the Black was the name of the band. Okay, that's good. Um, mm -hmm. 
Played the Milestone a bunch of times. Played, uh, you know, uh, Snug Harbor. We got to open for Dockin. Oh, wow. Uh, thanks, thanks to Otis Hughes. Yeah. Because uh, he was doing M4 Messenger at the time. Yeah. And he got us on the bill to open with Dockin with him and some, you know, cover band yeah. of where, high school. Where was that at? Was it? I was at Amos's. Amos's back when it was still, like, the big room. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, that was the most insane rock and roll moment I'd ever had. That's when I realized, holy shit, you know, old metal fans don't die. They <laughs> they keep coming to shows, and yeah. they come early. For sure. And they come inside early, and they support the opening acts, and they're yeah. aggressively enthusiastic. Yeah. It was fucking amazing. It was, like, one of the most awesome things. I was like, oh, my God. You know, there's a bunch of 40-year-olds out here that are rocking out harder than any crowd of 20-year-olds I've seen in the last decade. Hell yeah, it was fantastic. Um, And that was my first real foray into, like, playing heavier music. And those guys wore me out. Um, But we got lucky. We, you know, recorded a five-song EP. And then uh, they started having major issues with, like, migraines from trying to sing like Bruce Dickinson and, uh, and he had great voice but it was like playing shows it was like just ruining for two days you know um, and so that just kind of fizzled out and we all had you know lives and families at that point and so it was no big deal So I just kept clipping along with uh, with Gogo Pilot, and uh, whenever our fearless leader in that band, Jeff, you know, wasn't cracking his skull skateboarding, <laughs> which he did a couple of times, and uh, we took a bit of a hiatus because he decided that he wanted to rediscover his love for being a skateboarder again. Okay. And in that meantime, I ended up uh, picking up gigs with the Wiggle Wagons for about a year, year and a half, yeah. and they were fantastic. Daniel Grigg. Okay. Another, rest in peace, uh, and Chris Keener, and uh, what was Bud's last name? Our guitar player, this guy Bud, he actually played for some major touring metal band that you know, was huge in Europe, yeah. and then he would come play like this honky-tonk shred with us, and it was <laughs> ridiculous, um, and did that for a bit, and then, uh, yeah, I was just kind of waiting for Gogo Pilot to decide that they wanted to start playing music again, and Celeste called me. Okay. And the first time she called me, um, I really I had to just start a new job, didn't know what my schedule was going to look like, and I declined. I was like, I don't want to be that guy. It's Yeah, I'd love to come and jam, but I don't know that I can do this, yeah. so let's just ixnay here, and thank you for the offer, but I don't think that I can do it right now. I don't want to be the guy that you're sick of dealing with my logistical problems in two <laughs> yeah. months. And then it was about, I don't know, nine months, a year later, she hit me up again, and I was like, hell yeah, I'm... I got time to do that. Let's do this. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, and the second time I sent you some music. You did. You sent the me the link to Bandcamp and I got yeah. to listen to the EP and yeah. I freaking love the songs. I love yeah. her voice. I love the vibe. I was a little nervous, you know, just cause once again, it's just not, it's out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Something or at least it was then. I'm yeah. obviously getting more and more comfortable the more we play. Yeah. Um, and it's just been good. It's been a good vibe. You know, it's like, we all get along well personally, you know, musically, it never seemed to be a struggle. We just all right. kind of fell into what we were doing and it seems to be working. 
Yeah. And the lack of ego, like Matt mentioned in this band, is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. You know, it's it, like, it, I, it helps out I, so much. Yeah. It's been over a year and a half that we've been playing together, and, you know, there's never been, like, a tense moment in the practice room. Yeah. You know, it's like, aside from someone getting tense about their own gear fucking up, you know, it's just like, that's <laughs> yeah. just been it. And so, yeah, my whatever we're doing seems to be working right for us, and... You know, we've made minor tweaks to existing songs, and we've been able to mm -hmm. create some new songs together, and it's been really freaking awesome. I mean, I yeah. love I love playing with these guys, and whether it's plugged in or acoustic, I'm ready to play loud again. I can tell you that much. For sure. Um, but yeah, uh, that's kind of the lineage, and, and I love it. It forces it forces me out of my comfort zone, and makes me listen to other things and try new things and. The success rate of that, you know, I'll leave to these guys to yeah. determine how well I'm doing. But it's it's been good. <laughs> I mean, it, it's good. It's we we really yeah. have a good time yeah. playing. Yeah, and uh, it's, um, you you never give yourself enough credit. Quite know. honestly, and that's kind of a, that's just a musician's curse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it if you're is, serious it about any, any artist, you know, it's yeah. just it's just the way it is. Especially when you're dealing with, like you said, the the, the no ego kind of thing, which is, I yeah. mean, that's that's the way I like to operate anyway. Yeah. Now, I won't say that there's never been any tensions in the band room because that happens. You know, we get into arguments over stuff, but it's that that comes more from being like more like brothers, right? Right. Because me and Eric, me and Eric actually don't get arguments. Me and Ben, <laughs> which uh, me and Eric are like are like like brothers. We've been best friends for so long. That's yeah. cool. Um, so Ben gets the curse of being like my little brother. Well, that's cliche to say, but it is true. I mean, bands, especially like if you if you're yeah. if you're really devoted to it, I mean, it is like a family situation. It is. You yeah. know, like you got to deal family. with things going on in each other member's life and just how they mm. feel that day. And and um, I don't know. Yeah. It's 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 sort of been the perfect time for us because we're just we're just older now, mm. you know. Yeah. And um, we just we we actually do care about what we're writing, and we want it to be good, right? You know, and we're yeah. and that's that's yeah, really what it comes. Bottom to. line, you know, yeah. I don't necessarily feel like we're going out there to try and find that crowd of five thousand people to play to every week. Of course, you know, hey, if that falls, oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Nice. <laughs> but ultimately, yeah. you know, like Matt said, you know, we're older now and a little more focused. And ultimately, if we're just if we're playing good songs and playing them well, that's all that matters to me. Yeah, that's, that's what I yeah. feel like. I don't, I don't care if there's only five people in the crowd this night. You know. But if yeah. they're smiling, there'll be, there'll be 30, there's, exactly. there's there'll be 30 next time, but there's yep. five tonight. Oh, well, that's, that's Charlotte. <laughs> I'd rather have five or ten. As long as, as, long as, as, long as yeah. five people are having a good time, that's all, <laughs> that's I, right. that's yeah. all I set out yeah. to do. Yeah, I mean, that's like, you know, when we when we played our last uh, Tommy's Maker's Market, and you and a uh, couple of other dudes, like, stood up there, and that one little boy was, like, moshing. The little one child mosh pit <laughs> in front, I was, I was in front of our I was a little disappointed when they made him stop but yeah <laughs> oh, it was, it was he, like hilarious so cute so hilarious this little kid was just like in, you know doing a little circle out in front of our acoustic set and then you guys were back there you know all watching us I was like That's I really appreciated it because it was like 40 degrees it was pretty cold out yeah, that, that day really bad, you got I some really little kids running around it's like okay that's enough for me I'm not <laughs> He's into it. She's into it. You yeah. know, later on in life, they're gonna maybe remember that. And like, Wait, I want to play music. Yeah, you know, totally. keep it going. Keep it honest. You know. That's it. So, so between Arms of Venus and when Tom joined the band, did you play with any other drummers, or did you just kind yeah. of? Yeah. Yes, we did. A, a several. <laughs> it's like it's been this joke. But just never really found any kind of footing with it. That's that, it. That's that's, that's, that's it. the thing with a lot of bands. Yeah. It, it just seems to be. It's hard to find a drummer. In general, but then to yeah. find one that really gels with your band, right? right. And and, right. That, and that's definitely. And I'll kind of I'll kind of start in reverse on that. I mean, you know, when Thomas came in, it was 
it was one of those things where you, as soon as we started playing, so Wes and I kind of looked at each other and we're like, yeah, <laughs> it was just the right yep. vibe. I mean, every you know, um, and that's not to say that other drummers that we've had in audition like did anything wrong per se. Yeah, you right. know, I mean, hell, some of them were way better technical players than I could ever hope to be. You know, and I feel that way on Thomas as well. But it's just, it's it's again that 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 honest kind of humility and. It just works because I think Celeste and I try to be the same way as well with within yeah. our songwriting, with how sure. we approach practice, with how we try to accommodate each other as far as normal life goes, all that kind of stuff. That's just kind of our thing. We're just, yeah. again, we're just to the point where let's just be laid back about this. Let's enjoy it yeah. and yeah. hope and, and perfect what we have and hope that other people enjoy it. But, you know, we just we just don't really want to force anything. That kind of seems to be your vibe as well. You're just a laid back dude and it just clicked. Um well, I mean, it was helpful sure. that, you know, after hearing the stuff they'd already recorded and, you know, some of the drum tracks on there, I mean, some mad chops on there. Oh, yeah, I mean, definitely. Chops that I, you know, that are not part of my wheelhouse. I mean, I, you know, I could work it out if I really yeah. put my mind to it, but that's yeah. not how I play. Was and I was mostly concerned that, you know, just that kind of natural style, you know, it, it took me years to figure out that, you know, less is more. And as long as you're holding right. on a good, solid yeah. groove and, yeah. You know, giving them something solid to stand on while they, you know, I got, I got a friend who says, you know, the drummer's job is like, is like being, you're the wave and the singer and the guitar player, they're the surfer on the wave. You know, it's like, you're moving that whole thing and they're showing, and, and their job is to like dazzle over the top of that. Yeah. And so I've really kind of tried to take that mentality with these guys because, you know, we're really groove and, yeah. and, and riff heavy and, uh, you know, there's lots of room to, to get flashy, but you know, I don't want to be the first one to have to be. Right. But yeah, to answer your question, it was uh, it was Josie from the band that she had played yeah. in oh, before yeah. that yeah. was Displacer, Displacer with Jared yeah. and, yeah. and Zig. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you know, we played a, played a couple shows. We, had, play, mm-hmm. we played Tommy's. We played like, Keg and Q like yeah. twice. Milestone. And, and uh, yeah, we did play Milestone. Yeah, but that was always a, a temporary. That was always meant to be temporary. Yeah. She's like, I'm moving. I'm gonna move out. I'm, yeah. You know, moving away from Charlotte. But I'd love to, you know, come jam with you guys for a little while um, and record. And so yeah. it was, it was so pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, we ended up yeah. recording yeah. her. And it's good. She's a great drummer. I mean. Yeah, um, absolutely. But going back, you know, to the just starting Storm Watchers as it was, is um, what had happened is that Arms of Venus was kind of fizzling out for some of the same reasons that we just couldn't hold down a specific drummer. And again, I love Shannon as a musician, and I love that EP, and I love what we did. Mm-hmm. But there was, there did come to a point where it started to feel like we were going different directions musically, yeah. you know. Yeah. And Celeste and I were very much on the same page of what we wanted to do. And I think, and funny enough, what actually sort of started all this was she had written. She's like the riff master, right? So she'll just come, <laughs> she'll bring a riff, and, and and that's typically how we'll build a song. Yeah. She, she brings a riff, and her and I will kind of. Oh, this other yeah, right now with Thomas, now we all work it out together, and yeah, it's right. awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. But at that time, she brought she brought a riff mm-hmm. for a song that you know we were going to write as an Arms of Venus song. That's right. And we just couldn't quite ever make it come together. So at yeah. one point, her and I had just started working on it, and I came up with like a bridge. Yeah. And some Yeah, because mm-hmm. we were kind of having a hard time of figuring out because I didn't sing at all in Arms of Venus. But we we kind of ha- having a hard time figuring out how to make this work lyrically. Yeah. So I wrote some lyrics, 
I think yeah. I did like a really crappy recording of it just so we would have a sense of cadence or whatever. Yeah. And the song was called Stormwatcher. So when the Arms of Venus thing, when it, you know, it was apparent that we were just kind of going to, you know, that that was going to fizzle out right. again, Jen was moving to Greensboro and things like that, um, we were just having the same kind of conversation that we had before we joined Arms of Venus. Well, I mean, is that it? Like, what do you want to do? Well, we got yeah. this one song. Let's just keep going. You know? let's yeah. And yeah, that was it. Well, screw it. Let's just keep going. Yeah. So you, you already know. had the name of the song, Stormwatcher. We did. The, the song, yeah. Stormwatcher. And that's, 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 that's really the first song from? that we wrote together. It yeah. is yeah. where it came from, but it was just, it, it wasn't planned that way. Yeah. Right. Uh, we weren't, because we had auditioned a bunch of other drummers, really leading up to Josie. And then yeah. that's when it was kind of like, okay, this is kind of working. Let's, let's, what are we going to call ourselves? Like, because we want, yeah. we, we started writing more songs at that point and, and, mm-hmm. and figuring out, okay, well, and we're going to have a set. Like, here's yeah. something let's play out. Well, we got to call ourselves something. So it was one of right. these nights just sitting around drinking beer, throwing out a billion different names. Right. <laughs> and, yeah, eventually it was just like, well, screw it. Let's just, what about Storm Watchers? You know? Yeah. Like, I mean, and then, of course, yeah. we, we were like, well, I don't know, man. They're going to think we work for the Weather Channel. Or, like, <laughs> you know, maybe there's, you know, they might think there's some bullshit, like, political inclinations behind it. And there wasn't. It was just, right. it was just... We like watching storms, and that <laughs> and that song was kind of about that in a philosophical sense. Yeah. And so, yeah, we were just like, screw it, and and it just stuck. You know, it really, yeah, just came out of that that one song, yeah. and it was kind of yeah. again a transition out of one area of life into another, and yeah. so it seemed fitting that we should just call it what it is. So, what, what year was it that you guys got together or started playing the Storm Watchers? I don't know if I've. 2017, maybe? Yeah, it's right around there. Yeah. So about, you've been together for about four years now. Yeah, 2017. Well, when we disbanded with Josie, um, we, we started jamming with another drummer again, and we jammed with him for about a year. But we didn't record anything with him. That was when we were up there at the lake. And mm-hmm. we were up at the lake jamming in the storage unit. Um, yeah. So was this all prior to 2017, <laughs> or was this after 2017? This was after, after that. Okay, I, and I, then I, we found Tom. Okay. <laughs> That's Tom. That's Tom. Yeah. How long have you been in the band? When was it? Uh, About a year and a half. We played that first gig at we, the beginning had, of 2020. Yeah, so we did. It was played. like January of 2020, right. and then everything shut down. And yeah. so I <laughs> came on. We had all these what, shows. About eight months before that? Booked. I joined yeah. in early 2019. Yeah. yeah, that was it. And yeah, we just spent, you know, 2019 just trying to get me comfortable with the songs they had, and then we started dabbling out some new ones and building up a solid set and, and then like we played our first gig at tommy's back in january of 2020 and it was awesome yeah and then yeah <laughs> the and then pandemic hit and uh that's, that's that, that seems to be the story especially like even for us you know our last show was february 22nd at Freeman's, yeah. and it was an awesome show it was so yeah. good it just felt like i think everybody had a lot of momentum we did and yeah. then the pandemic came along and just shut it all down. It did. We had what six shows scheduled? 
for the next yeah, couple months, least. and they were all just at one right after another. Yeah, we, we had cancel, our cancel, cancel. Man, I mean, we had release really show set up we, we, for a cassette that we were going to put out, and it's oh, like yeah. now we got to figure out how to release the cassette in the middle of the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, we kind of decided that we we didn't really want to release any anything big until you know the pandemic is kind of behind us, so that we can have like a you know an old school sort of CD release party kind yeah, of thing, yeah. you know. Um, That's what we so, wanted to do. We, we were wanting to do it at Repo Record. Yeah, it was already scheduled and everything, but right. that got canceled. So yeah. I yeah. just did an online thing for it, just like a online listening party on Facebook, played it live, and it worked out. I mean, it, it, it all worked out. And I wouldn't have wanted to hold on to that because we recorded that in January. There's no way I would have wanted to have held on to that until now or whenever right. we get to play shows. Yeah, out. yeah. The good thing is in the the year oh, since we've anyway. written like eight new songs, so oh, yeah. Yeah, cool. now we just got to get in the studio and record them. Yeah, sounds, sounds awesome. awesome. So, who did you record the the songs you have on uh, Bandcamp? Who did you record that with? Uh, Barry Sams. Okay, he lives up in Connolly Springs, right beside Hickory. Yeah, so you have a studio, or just, he does. Yeah, yeah. He does. Yeah. yeah, it's called Skin Jacket Studios. Yeah. Um, and he's in a couple bands. Uh, I think his main band now is a band called Replica up there, but super cool to work with. Um, yeah. Very very reasonable money-wise, you know, yeah. and just super cool, really nice super guy. patient, do yeah. whatever you want, very you know, again, no ego right. kind of thing. And yeah, it was a great experience. I mean, I reached out to him actually a few weeks back and we're, we're trying to get on, you know, get on the books again. Um, so we yeah. go up with Thomas and, and record a full length, the first yeah. full length. Yeah. And um, so really, really looking forward to that. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be awesome. Again, super cool guy. And, um, Super inexpensive. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I didn't feel like that, you know, that the that there was any lack of quality or, or lack in his time and everything. Like Again, he was super cool, super patient. Mm-hmm. You know, just awesome guy. All Same around. way. It sounds just like Brandon and just, you know, very reasonable. And so so in, ret- in return, we try to be very efficient. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, I, you're not charging us a lot. I don't want to take up all your time. Same with us. You know, that's, that's we, we want to, you know, have everything like it's, you know, we, we're not, none of us are signed or anything, right? So it's like, it's not, we don't go in the studio to write songs or yeah, to tweet exactly. stuff. Yeah, it's exactly. like, that shit's got to be done. Yeah. We, we, you want to be ready to go in there and record them and be done with it. That's right. it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it'd be nice to be able to Hell have yeah. all the studio time to go in there and work on songs. Mm-hmm. Get all frustrated with each you other. Really Storm out. <laughs> Slam the door real hard. You really need that. That's what, that's what the practice room is for. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> yeah if, I don't feel like, if I don't feel like I can, like, realistically go in and nail something in two takes at most, then I'm not ready to go in. Yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah. I, feel, I, feel like, I feel like I should be able to do it in one. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I'll give myself a gimme. We all or, drop a stick or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, if I don't feel like I can go in there and nail it in one or two takes, then I'm like, I'm not ready to go record that song yet. Yeah. yeah. Time is money. And exactly. Yeah. Our thing is we would like to record everything live. So, you know, it might take us two takes or three takes sometimes, but if that first one's good, I want to keep going. Sometimes Ben will be like, why don't we record that again? We might might get a better take. No, Ben. <laughs> that was great. Just leave it alone. Right. Yeah, we really hadn't discussed technique-wise. But, I mean, I'm in the same boat. I love recording live as much as possible. Because yeah. I would like to. I've been really fortunate yeah. to be in bands where, you know, like Go-Go Pilot's one of those bands. And I feel like we're a really good live band. Yeah. When we hit stuff live, there's that energy there. And it's yep. like. Right. You know, some of the recordings, it's like, I love all those songs, but some of the recordings we've done, it's that it feels too studio. It's like, right. man, it really sounds like we pieced that together. Yeah, you can, I can, I can yeah. tell. I mean, 
you can't always tell, but sometimes you can tell when somebody tracks something. It just yeah. lacks mm. a little bit of energy or whatever. And, right. you know, I don't mind if there's some, a couple of mistakes in it, you know, because that, that makes it a, a genuine recording. It makes it yeah. sound right. real. Yeah, our Arms of Venus recording was, was live. Mm-hmm. But the one that we did with Barry was uh, track by track. Drums were laid down first with some scratch tracks. So yeah. we, we played we played with the drummer, right? Um, but then we went back in and did bass vocals, yeah. guitar, you know, yeah. I'm sure we'll we'll do that eventually. We were going to record with this kid I work with. He went to a to school to be a recording engineer, and uh, he was going to record our band. But it just worked out to where like they didn't tell him ahead of time. They basically said, "Okay, we need somebody this weekend." It's like, "Oh, we can't do it this weekend," but uh, it was going to have to be tracked. And uh, Ben and Eric weren't looking forward to it. I, I wasn't really looking forward to it either. But I'm like, you know, we need the experience doing it. We've done it before, but we may record with somebody down the road that wants to track it. You know, yeah. We won't record with them. Well, we probably won't, but, you know, <laughs> still, it, it won't hurt us to try it. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. But, you know, I just, I like the, the feel of, of being, and like, we, we, the last time we recorded, we have one song that has this, like, pause and it jumps into a different part, and we nailed it. Very first take. If we'd attract it, it would have taken me five times to get it right. I mean, I, honestly, there's no way. We just, we just, it's because we could feel it. Yep. Yeah, that definitely comes across, especially the kind of music we all play. It, it's all feeling. So you're going to record uh, a full-length release. How, how many songs do you have? Uh, we're thinking 10 yeah. is what it's going to be. Yeah. And basically, I think we're going to re-record the ones that we have on the EP with the exception of one. Okay. Yeah. And that would be Birds of Fire because that's actually on the Arms of Venus EP okay, as yeah. well. It is, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like, so okay, we've twice recorded that twice. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I think everything else is going to be re-recorded. Uh, now, do you still play that song live, though? We do. We do, okay. yeah. yeah. We play it yeah. in practice I didn't know if well. you decided to just let, let that be an Arms of Venus song. If you just... Right, yeah. We, we've we thought still, about we that from it. time to time, yeah. but, you know, we've kind of added our own thing yeah. to it. And, right. And yeah, because that, that was a song that Shannon sang, or yeah. Lee. That's the song that Lee, that he, he did the vocals on that song. And that was a song that he and I wrote together back in Arms of Venus. Um but yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's the only song that we play from Arms of Venus still. Yeah. When we first started playing as Stormwatchers, we had some gigs set up, so we immediately just, you know, we were playing these Arms of Venus songs, and then a few new songs, um, so we've slowly, you know, kind of slowly phased those Arms of Venus songs yeah. out, but that's the one that, we, that we're that we still playing, because, you know, we really like it. <laughs> a lot of bands that are born from another band start that way. Because you already know their songs, well, right. we can jam on these songs, we'll start writing new songs. Yeah. yeah. It's a natural thing. That's and, it. And so yeah. you kind of phase those out. We did that. That was it, yeah. With, with previous bands, we did that. There, there were a couple of songs, I think, that lasted through all three bands, or through, through all three ba- name changes. It was mm-hmm. slightly different bands each time. Right. But for the most part, every time we change the name, it's like, okay, write new songs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I think for us, the reason that we were playing those songs at first was just to get another drummer up to speed because we'd had so many and there was right. reference material for them yeah. like, you know this yeah. is before the Stormwatchers and things like mm-hmm. that um, and they're, they're cool songs too like every drummer's like I really like that song I want to yeah. play Unglued or whatever yeah. we're like right. okay cool it's, it's an yeah. awesome song I like yeah. playing it as well
for me. I mean, I love playing live. I love the fun of that. And I'm not going to say it, you know, I love it any less, but the recording's always where it's been at for me. Like, I just want to have that. It's solidified. It's in history. It's, yeah. it's on my shelf. Gotta get you know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. I, I like to have it recorded and documented, but I don't enjoy the recording process. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, I don't, I don't hate it, but I'd much rather play shows. Yeah. And then I'd much rather just jam and practice. And then recording is like my least favorite of the three things to do. <laughs> I like it all. I have to say, like, practice is like, it's it's the thing that I look forward to most mm-hmm. every week. Recording is also, to me, like, pretty exciting. I mean, yeah, you know, there's, you know, there's, it's work. It's more like, quote, unquote, work. But um, I it's still, still fun. I still really like it, yeah. But, of course, yeah, playing shows. I mean, so much energy involved. and That's yeah, great. And then that's when you get to really see the um, effect of you sharing that with people. Mm-hmm. When you that's put funny. out a CD or a record or whatever, people are going to take it home and listen to it. Yeah. But when you're playing it live, you're playing it in front of people, and you get to see the immediate reaction. Yeah. yeah. So that, that, I like that about it. I, I don't, I, don't get me wrong. I don't hate recording. I do. I'd, I'd love to go record once a month. Right. I, I'd love to. It's just my least favorite part of, right. all, of being <laughs> yeah. in a band. It's like uh, that's the one part of it that seems most like work. Yeah. Even though every now and then playing a show seems like work. Yeah, you know, they can. Getting there, loading in. Right. Sometimes there's just stress with that. <laughs> like going to milestones. I, I'm not nervous about playing a show. I'm always just nervous about, am I going to be able to pull up and load my gear out right now? Or am I going to have to pull right. around back and then pull up front? And then yeah. I'm always, always stressed out more all about out. load in and load out than I do anything else. I think I do right. too. No matter where I'm six, yeah. Yeah. Once I'm up there, I'm like, all right, well, it's a done deal now. We got to yeah. do it, right? Let's do it. Uh, free, <laughs> yeah. can be like that too because <laughs> if you can't get out front, you're gonna yeah, bring man. it in. The, you're gonna bring it in the back, and it takes forever to get everything in there. You're walk up, all that, yeah. But um, it's a, sure. yeah, it's a big staircase. But I love there, playing yeah. Freeman's. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I want to set up a show at Freeman's with you guys sometime. I talked to Brad a couple weeks ago, and yeah. he was like, pretty much whenever. Now he's doing everything on Friday nights now. Yeah, because I, I mean, you know, they're doing really well with the karaoke on Saturday. <laughs> so kind of, so kind of I did. He used to like to do the punk rock shows <laughs> on Saturday nights. He didn't like to do them on Fridays because his baker crowd was out there on Fridays. <laughs> right. But yeah, no, definitely, man. I mean, I live like. Five, ten minutes away from there. So. We, we, we want to get some merch, you know. For sure, you know? yeah. Not yeah. not just some wide stuff to sell to everybody, but yeah, you know, band t-shirts and stuff like that. Yeah. T-shirts sell, honestly, t-shirts sell better than CDs these days. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, because everybody listens online, you know. Um, they'll listen to your, your tunes on Bandcamp or on YouTube, you know, uh, Spotify or wherever else you have them. And we've been trying to focus a little bit yeah. on, on, you know, doing stuff like that a little bit more, like we've set up an Instagram and, yeah. you know, having a legit YouTube channel and, mm. you know, coming into the fold with all that stuff. With all the tech, with all, yeah, with all the online stuff. And I'm just old school. I'm just like, yeah, whatever, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I struggle with it. Like, like, yeah. you know. I, I really do struggle with it. Just yeah. not, not having to do it, but like. Creating content, it. like what are we going to do? How are right. we going to keep this? You know, but I don't know how you figure all that out, and like what works and what doesn't work. Because mm-hmm. I've tried so many different things, it doesn't seem like anything makes anything reach any further. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I always get the same eight people that especially like and comment with, on my stuff, especially with Facebook, <laughs> especially on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, because if, if you have a band page, it really only just a few people will see it, unless you. Unless you That's check the same out an podcast. I get like the same 10 likes every time I put out a podcast. Like, <laughs> right. to this well, thing. I love them, man. And then I, yeah. I look at the numbers. I'm like, well, people are listening to it. Not as many as I like, but people are listening to it. And, yeah. But like only 10 people saw it on Facebook. And it's the same 10 people that saw it last week. It's the same three people right. that shared it again this week. Not What's just, most beneficial for you as far operate. as like what you're trying to do? Like if you, if people go directly to your website 
or they listen through Facebook or they listen through, or does it, none of that matters? Honestly, anyway, I mean, just whatever's easiest because it's out there on Spotify. It's mm-hmm. out there on, you know, Apple, uh, iHeartRadio, whatever's easiest. Now, did they, you set up the website? I did the website. It's yeah. awesome, man. I did it through uh, just Squarespace. Yeah, so. it, it works really well. A lot of websites where you have to stream audio and stuff do not work that well if they're a dedicated website. Yeah. And yours is killer. So. Yeah. I, I, mean, I typically go to the website. Yeah. That works, but you know, I just I just want it to be convenient for for everybody. Yeah. So it's, it's wherever you listen to podcasts. Well, I enjoy it, man. And I enjoy the radio shows. And I appreciate you doing it. And it's yeah, it's really cool. I enjoy it. I, I love it. I, I love I love listening to it. And yeah, that sounds like egotistical, but like it, it feels weird sometimes when I'm riding around in my car listening to myself talk. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like for the radio episodes, they're just good playlists mm-hmm. of music. Like these, all this stuff over here is just all my local music. Um, but you know, I. I could listen to Gabriella High Radio and hear some of these songs in there. And then the interview episodes, I just, I always listen to them like three times. Listen to it well after I edit it. So I listen to it once while I'm editing it. And that's more like five or six times because sometimes I listen to lines oh, yeah. over and over and over again. But when it's finished, I always listen to it three times. One, just to make sure everything's fine. Two, I kind of listen to it from the, I try to think about it from the artist standpoint, like when I'm listening to it. Is there anything in this I'd cut out if I was the artist, but I'm not wanting to this in there. Then the third time I listen to it is just to enjoy it. You know, I try to ignore my voice. Because <laughs> I just like to hear everybody's stories. I dig it too, man. I mean, I obviously have learned a lot just by other musicians in the scene that I've maybe what met or uh, or not, uh, or some of them that I haven't met at all. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just cool. Yeah. Because we all have that common ground. Celeste, as I haven't had many women on the podcast yet. Like, I've talked yeah. to Tiff, but like... Uh, one thing I think to ask her, I could ask you, but have you ever encountered any kind of opposition or any kind of obstacles to playing the type of music you play as a female? Because they just a little you know, bit. So some people don't really think that, or, yeah. or it throws yeah. people for a loop, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> they, it's like I a mean, guy's I haven't club had to, I, I definitely have heard where bands are looking for singers or they're looking for guitarists. This was you know back. In- this has been a while since I've experienced something like this. You know, the guy's like, I don't really, you guys really want to be in a girl band. You know, <laughs> I don't want to have a girl band, you know? And, um, <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, I've encountered a little bit of that, but surprisingly not as much as some other people have. Um, and I just feel like I've been in the scene for, since I was young, you know, since I was a teenager and, um, and even though, you know, the bands that I was in back then were never really like, never really went anywhere. Um, I definitely had plenty of people asking me to, you know, come jam. Yeah. So, um, but you know, a little bit, you know, mo- mostly what I get is like backhanded compliments, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're good for a girl or, um, you know, or if I go to like buy strings and cables and stuff, oh, is this for your husband or your son, you know, and that kind of stuff. And I'm like. Believe it or not, it's for me. Really? You know, they get, they're yeah. like, seriously? And it's like, they can't believe it. They think that they're paying me a compliment. I'm just like, yeah, 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 really. <laughs> so, but it's mostly been a pretty, pretty positive experience. Yeah, I was going to say, opposition might have been the wrong word to pick. I was trying to think of the word I was looking for. But the thing about the Charlotte music scene, I've noticed, is it's always been very welcoming. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. I think there are certain segments of it that probably aren't so much. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I do always get, um, and this happens a lot, where people say, they're, they're always really surprised that, to hear that I play the guitar. Yeah. 
they always think that I'm going to be the bass player. Okay. Always, yeah. always, always. Or <laughs> that I'm dating, that I just happen, that I must be dating one of the guys in, yeah. in the band. <laughs> so, I, um, like, I'm a girlfriend. I'm not actually in the band. Oh, yeah. But, but you know, um, usually whenever I correct them, they're pretty gracious about it. You yeah. know? So, I think it's just, just preconceived ideas that a lot of people have, you yeah. know? Yeah. But even when I was talking to Jeff Clayton, he said that the Charlotte, the music scene in Charlotte has always been basically open to everybody I think and so, very yeah. open-minded and and welcoming to, to people from all walks of life and, and and that's one thing i love about it especially these days i think that comes with age as well I mean, yeah, for one for thing sure. you know, like like you said we're, we're older yeah um so everybody in the scene not everybody but a lot of the bands that are friends we look around and they're all our age yeah they're all people that have been playing for years so they were playing mm-hmm. when they were you know in their 20s too yeah i, I think that, that also you know like i said you probably run into that more, or some people probably run into that more when they're younger. As you get older, and depending on the scene again, again, yeah, Charles just always been kind of pretty welcoming when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah, and punk rock in general. Uh, have you? I, I started to say something a minute ago about some sections of the sex segments in the scene may not be so much. Like some segments of the metal scene may not be. Yeah, but that's not the kind of like heavy music that you guys play. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're such a blend of different styles. I mean, you know, we've definitely got some metal elements there. uh, Absolutely. But I I really kind of like to call us heavy rock. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I I, I use that term sometimes, heavy rock, because I want to, because sometimes I say punk rock and it's like, well, there's a lot of bands I talk to or talk about aren't really punk rock. Right. But they're heavier bands. Yeah. Um, so heavy rock sounds right, but it also sounds kind of weird, like heavy rock. Yeah, (laughs) it is. I mean, that's I feel like that just kind of is a, you know, it does kind of sound uh, weird because not too many people have used that term, you know. There's heavy metal and there's hard rock. But right. heavy, heavy rock actually does describe yeah. the music. Yeah. Yeah. It's real descriptive of what we play. Yeah, for sure. It's a, it's a broader, I guess, paintbrush to, to paint, like the stuff you guys play, the stuff Van Huskins plays, the stuff Flight Risk plays, Trash mm-hmm. Room, just four completely right. different bands, but all yeah. heavier music. They could all yeah. play on the same bill together. That's it. Yeah. I certainly think so. Those I mean, are the best bills anyway. If you can, yeah. you know, if there's, oh, if, there, if there's that. a vein of similarity, right. you know, whether it's just a particular vibe, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. one band's a little more crunchy and another band's a little bit more punky. Yeah, because right. when, you, when you have like yeah. a couple of uh, heavier bands and you got that one ska band in there, nothing against ska. Right, you, right. You can put them with the with the right punk bands and it work, but you yeah. couldn't yeah. put them with like, I don't know. I, you know, I gotcha. yeah. <laughs> to me, like the term hard rock, when I was younger, I would always see, see like the term hair metal. I don't remember it being around when hair metal was big. When it we really were young, wasn't yeah, it, it, was. it wasn't even like metalheads didn't consider it metal. They were just like, right. it's just like hard rock. Yeah, that's what I always call it pop, yeah. basically. I was like, it's pop music. It is, you know? yeah. With, um, so with the distortion, <laughs> that's what always kind of comes to my mind when someone says hard rock. Yeah, and right. I'll use the term hair metal, but I always I, I usually say it when I quote unquote, and I always say that I hate that term because it's really it's eighties hard rock. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, some of it was a little bit more metal than than other, but you know, mm-hmm. it, was, it wasn't wasn't quite metal. Right. right. You know, maybe Motley Crue was getting there, but yeah, and there, I mean, there are definitely some bands. You know, I mean, Twisted Sister. Wasp would probably be my favorite. I consider yeah. Wasp a metal band. I really yeah, well, they, they were one of those bands. A lot of those bands ended up, and that's another thing, is a lot of those bands ended up crossing over yeah. and getting the same airplay. So it, right. it became this muddy yeah. pool of like, let's just call it hair metal. What's well, not hair metal? It doesn't describe the music at all. Right. And plus, you know, you're also talking about bands like 
Iron Maiden and Metallica got played in the same yeah, those guys same had shows. Too. Those <laughs> <definitely>. Absolutely, <laughs> right. They were some of the ones that like kind of stuck with their guns with that because I feel like the kind of uh, the hair metal was basically it was hard rock that was leaning really hard towards the poppy side of things. Yeah, well, you know, and 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 it was the glam, the glam, yeah, the heavy ballad or whatever. Yeah, it was so it was also so like Four song on the first side of the record was always the ballad, you know. And hey, some and, of the ballads uh, were badass too, though. Oh, some <laughs> of them were fantastic, <laughs> but, you know. It was a lot of these bands that traditionally had, you know, called metal, but then all of a sudden the kind of glammy, poppy metal side of things is what what was getting on MTV, it was, what was getting yeah. on the radio, and you know, True. everybody's in it, you know, to make a living. And so then you have even people like old hard rockers like David Coverdale getting out there with like. Eyeliner and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I was my, my favorite like joke line about that is 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 to say, you know, you're 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 not selling out, you're buying in. You know, it's like you yeah. had an investment. You know, gotten this far, the idea is to get your shit out there for as many people as you can to hear it. Yeah, and you know, it's I, always I, been that way. It's always it's been still that way. way. You know, um, it's just now that you know. The, well, it's no different as far as the single goes. It's just now you can, you know, with the the downloads and all that, it's really changed everything. Um, but I'm still an album guy. You know? yeah. If yes. I like a band, I want to listen to their entire album, whether they're new yeah. or old or, what it is, or whatever. And I've been let down a lot, of course. A lot of I've been turned on to a lot of new bands. And that's really what yeah. we want to do as well, as far as our upcoming album is concerned. Um, like have an overall theme and mm-hmm. consistency. And like I said, you know, with live shows, that's where you... You do get away from it. You force feed it. You're going to listen to all of it. You're not just going to listen to one song. You're going to listen to all, unless you want to walk outside. But, um, and I think that's important. Wait, wait, come back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think that's important, man, because um, it, it, it tells the story of what the band's about. Mm-hmm. And one song, a lot of times, may just tell one small aspect and you can get turned off. Or, um, So I definitely still appreciate the album. Yeah, me too. And that's one thing. A lot of bands these days seem to be going more towards singles. Let's release the song now. You know, bands like Will St. Creek, they did they did that like week after week, mm-hmm. basically putting together an album. But some bands just, yeah. just released a single here and there, and a lot of bands want to start doing that because they feel like it gives everything a little bit more of a, more time in the spotlight or whatever. But I don't know. I, I just, I love albums. Yeah. And I, I, I like too. everything about doing an album, except for, well, I do like the recording part of it, but I like doing the artwork for it. Yep. And, well, yeah. and then some people say, "Well, you can do an artwork for every single." Well, okay, yeah. But I like the artwork, the layout, the just definitely uh, track sequencing. I'm just trying to figure out yep. what order the tracks go in, what, right. what sounds the best. Yeah, it goes back to that fun of just putting together comps. Oh, yeah. be our first yeah. band fight. Yeah, and when, <laughs> and when, I, when I listen to a band song, when that song's over with, I want to, I want to hear more. I don't want to wait. Three months to hear another song. I agree. Like, right. what's the next song? Let me hear it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I like that song, I'll go back and listen to it again. Of course. Yeah. And that's why I'm I'm most looking forward to to our record too. Is that it's you know it's like all of our songs are a little bit different. Yeah. You know, there's they are yeah. There's not like more than a couple of songs that even have the same sort of feel. Yeah. You know, it's like right. it's, it's all definitely got that heavy. That heavy vibe running through it, but it's yeah. you know got very distinctive sounds going on with every song that we played and written so far, which yeah. I appreciate. You know, it keeps it fresh and yeah, I appreciate you saying that. To yeah. not feel like you know playing the same thing every 
Yeah, I think it's song. important not to write every song in drop D in D minor. Oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> you, you write every single song in D minor, then they're all going to sound the same, and you know, with the same kind of riffs. And of course, you know, um, you, you you gotta you gotta change it up. You gotta change the key signatures. <laughs> you know, time time signatures a little bit too. Um, and then, of course, you know, just, yeah, try not to, if, if you catch yourself playing, uh, writing something that sounds too similar to something else that you wrote, you got to change it, <laughs> yeah. you know? And I think the fact that we all have kind of different um, musical loves and backgrounds, I mean, there's definitely mm-hmm. common threads, obviously. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. We all mentioned in the opening segment, Black Sabbath. Everybody loves uh-huh. Black Sabbath. You know, yeah, and, and that kind of stuff, but mm-hmm. I think, you know. The fact that I'm still, you know, a huge pop guy, and what I listen to more <laughs> often than not is like, you know, the poppy rock that yeah. I like to listen yeah. to, and you know, Matt still likes to listen to some of that crazy, you know, black Ex- metal, extreme metal. Oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, it's like they we're all us, going through different phases call it musically nowadays, and where our musical <laughs> hearts are, and when we get together and actually start like creating something new, you know, I think the fact that we're coming from kind of different musical cores is contributing to our songs kind of being fresh from one another and you know very adamant about like you said i don't want it to sound like something we've already done or something that somebody else has blatantly you know already done i'm all about you know catching that same vibe or you know a feel but you know doing something different with it yeah yeah and i and i'm hoping that you know some of my pop sensibility if i have any you know, as we continue to write these songs together, well, because I'm not a songwriter, mm-hmm. but I know what I like to hear, and I know how I like things to flow, and what sounds good to me, and what feels good to me to play, oh, and yeah. whatnot. And so far, it's been working. Trust me, like uh, drummer uh, Ben, he doesn't write songs at all. I mean, he writes his drum parts, of course. Yeah. But he's he contributes big time when it comes to the arrangement of a song. Like he can, he he'll we'll be playing it. We'll we'll play a song for two months, and then Ben will say. Hey, why don't we try this with this? Mm. No, man, we've been playing this way for a long time. And then we play right. it and it works. It's like, yeah. so yeah, yeah it's, okay, you know, that contribution, <laughs> it, it can come from all kinds of different places. So you don't have to write the riff to have an impact on the song.
there anything that I didn't think to ask you guys that you want to? We can't wait to get back out there and, and you know pick up where we left off. Yeah, I think a lot. That's of that that's way. just yeah. I mean, I, you know, we of course we talked about that already, but that's that's the big thing is that you know just getting back out there and getting our momentum back. You know, because yeah. um, we had just created it. It was like the first gig, and then a yeah. month later, everything shut down. We were really like, right? Yeah. Going, all right. Yeah, we planned all these like, shows. You know, we had all these shows planned out with this first gig. We played, and we now played we're one. Gonna, <laughs> yeah. You know. The good thing is you made it to the other side. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think. Some I don't know. I think not. I think time will tell how many bands have actually made it because right. I think a lot of bands are just they haven't been posting on social media, so you don't know. Well, yeah, I don't know if they're still together or not. Yeah, um, but I know quite a few of them made it to the other side. So that's, sure. that's good. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm happy that I'm really happy not only of that, but the Tommy's made it to the other side. Yeah. Yes, big time. Good. I know. And the milestone's going to make it to the other side. Yeah, I, 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 I knew that they would. It. Every theater's going to make it. Every, everybody everybody yeah. seems to have made it. I, I was afraid we'd lose somebody along the way. Me too. Yeah. Well, and, 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 and let me say, man, I mean, thank you so much for doing what you've been on and, and, and having yeah. us and everything because yeah. uh, supporting each other, man, that's that's what's been super cool. You've kept a lot of it going just by doing things like this. Just keep a people's ear in the scene, man. And, and just trying to keep people aware of it. You know, exactly. Right. You know? and not only aware of what's going on now, but, you know, the past as well. But they, these people have been doing this for a long time. Right. So they they deserve a little bit of recognition for what little bit of recognition I can give them here. You know, their stories deserve to be told. Yeah. 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 There's been a ton of great bands in this town over the last 30, 40 years. Oh, yeah. There's been a lot of great bands. Just just since I've been in the scene and, and you know, even beyond that, like, finding out about the stuff that was going on in the 80s mm-hmm. and, and the late 70s, you know. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, there's a lot of great music from this area. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and there were some great bands that I used to... Uh, catch over at uh milestone um obviously um but fat city too always had like oh, yeah. wednesday night heavy night you know it was like a heavy band every every wednesday night you could go out and see a really great band i do city. miss that that was just something you could yeah totally rely on yeah yeah It'd always be a good show yeah there were there were there was uh and just some that stand out there was um a band called Geezer Lake. Do you guys remember oh, yeah. them? Oh, yeah. I love Geezer so Lake. So good. I've got, got all their records. <laughs> okay, cool. They were so good. <laughs> there was another band that they were kind of short-lived, but they were also, I thought, fantastic. They were called Psycho Killer. Um, and uh, Stinking Liz Avita played there, and they were really fantastic, too. I don't think they were from around here, though. But I remember that name. Yeah. They were also just great. Um, and, of course, Karma to Burn. Yeah. They played Fat City several times. You know, we they, we just loved Karma to Burn down here in Charlotte. <laughs> they came down here and played all the time, you know. Um, and everybody came out to see them, you know. Another R.I.P. Yeah, Geezer Geez, Geez, like that was one of my favorite bands. That was one of the first bands I saw at the Milestone. Not the yeah. first show, but like maybe the third or fourth show I yeah, saw. Yeah, I saw the them at the Milestone a couple uh, time or two, and, uh, yeah. I just fell in love with those guys. And then like yeah. went all over North Carolina. So we'd go to Greensboro, Boone, yeah. Chapel Hill. Uh, yeah. Anywhere they were playing, we'd go. We'd try to go see them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They were great. Yeah. Very interesting. Really different. The uh, the singer played trumpet, and he he had it hooked up to a like a delay, and it, so it was like this dreamy trumpet sound. <laughs> it was way cool. <laughs> and sleep at the milestone. That was a killer show. I didn't see ages that. Ago. I wish I had seen that. One. Man, it was so great. <laughs> it was just that was another one of those. Um, you know, you're surprised the building survived the show, yeah. <laughs> and then when the Melvins played there. Um, right around that same time, like in the nineties, uh, same thing, like, Oh man, are the walls going to, you know, start caving in? Cause it was just like so intense, you know, 
yeah, lots of great shows throughout the years. Yeah. Remember Semi Pro? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. They were one of my favorite bands ever coming out of Charlotte. Yeah. And those really guys good. were so badass. Oh, yeah. Jay yeah. and Pete and Scott. You know, and you, Vortex Old Man, have you heard Oh yeah. Man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And half of those guys are yeah. <laughs> we had We had a show set up with them. That's Jay. <laughs> and, uh, Jay and... Uh, Come through. Uh, his name. Mo, Mo Lasses, but his name's Tony. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mo <Love> Lasses. That, <laughs> <laughs> that guy yeah, Those guys great. have been doing stuff together forever. Like since projects. junior high. Yeah, kind of like me and Eric, just yeah. always playing together. They were fantastic. And then uh, La Chocha Loco was another favorite oh, yeah. of mine, too. Yeah, Jason good. and Terry Hudson. Yeah. Who, and they had that young cat playing guitar, their first incarnation they had. This has been a Gabba Gabba Hunt Media Production. Actually, you know, I, I said that uh, the Red and the Black was my first heavy band, but I actually, uh, before then, before Go Go Pilot, uh, Terry Hudson and a buddy of his, Swami. You know Swami? You would know him if you knew him. I think I, <laughs> he's a guy with dreads, wrapped in a t shirt, looks yeah, like a turban. Yeah, I, I know he's he was playing bass. bass, and Terry was playing guitar at the time. And I had this practice space underneath some shitty Chinese restaurant up on Central Avenue. Yeah. And we used to go down there, like, we went through, like, I don't know, six, seven months where the three of us were going down there and just fucking around and riffing. And we kind of came up with a handful of songs. We couldn't find a singer. We tried to audition, you know, a couple, three people to sing with us. Yeah. We had this whole, like, concept, you know. We were going to call ourselves Dixie River Hustlers, and we were all going to have character names, <laughs> and we were all going to be, like, third and fourth cousins and wear old <laughs> southern-style tuxedos on stage and whatnot. But, I mean, it was it was heavy duty. I mean, it was some of the most serious, riffy, I think it was heavy rock that, you know, I'd ever played. And that was the first time. That's where I really cut my teeth. Those were the first two guys, Terry and, and, uh, and Swami that like made me really like break out into a sweat and wonder if my arms are going to fall off trying to keep (laughs) up with those guys. And it was, it was outstanding. Terry's a great player. Yeah. I mean, great bass player, great guitar player. I don't know if you've ever heard him play guitar because I know he plays bass in most of the gigs that I've seen him in, but he's a stellar guitar player on top of it. And, uh, yeah, those two were like the ones that really like, that was the first time I like put my both feet in the fire, you know, (laughs) to to, like play that kind of heavy stuff and they were slaying it. And Terry's been in some of my favorite bands, you know, whatever he's doing with Jason is always interesting and, you know, definitely got a lot of that kind of sly. Penitentials. Uh, yeah. It's definitely got that uh, kind of thin Lizzie vibe, yeah. that Detroit, you know, seventies rock vibe, which I love. I love and story. they're really good at it. Yeah. You know, they're really, really good at it. They're, they're a band I want to see play live. Yes, totally.